Hi, welcome back, Deb and Elizabeth. How are you two doing? Awesome. Beautiful Great. Friday. <laughs> Beautiful Friday is right. Elizabeth, how's your hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> it's great you know I'd say a hamburger a day you know <laughs> hey well let uh, me introduce you to from my perspective real quick number one uh deb and elizabeth are longtime friends and i'm not going to date how long but it's in measured in decades now uh, i can embarrass all of us uh and you two have founded ways and wayne and I'm not going to go into it beyond that. Deb, do you want to start and share a little bit about yourself and what Ways and Wayne is and the challenge it, it addresses? Sure. I mean, we are just looking at employee capacity here. And as we've seen over the last couple of years in the pandemic, just people are struggling to balance you know, their work and their life and how they are going to make it all happen. How are they going to do that deep work that is really impacts their companies. And so um, Elizabeth and I co-founded Ways and Wayne. We offer ways to calmly navigate a waning phase of life. So for those employees that are caring for an older adult, we really come alongside them so to support them and offer them just a way to balance work and life. Elizabeth? Yeah, so, you know, we... We have walked this road. We understand um, the the strain on the capacity. You know, when you're working and you're concerned about an older adult, there is this incredible pressure. And um, it's really overwhelming to juggle it with life and work. And, you know, people talk about the sandwich generation and, uh, you know, then there's really, it's really a panini generation. You are really... You know, you're squished in this sort of hot mess. And um, and you if you leave your sandwich in the panini press too long, it's a disaster. And that's a little bit about what it's like for the employed person who's concerned about caring for an older adult. And this challenge is way bigger than I thought. I mean, I am dealing with it myself, as is my sister. And so it's a topic that's very um, personal to me. It's obviously, as you shared, personal to you. But the I don't even want to call it a problem um, because it's just part of life. But this is this is widespread and it's not going anywhere. We're obviously living longer. But some of the stats that you shared with me were, were pretty jarring. And as I have a deep passion, not only for people analytics and workforce planning and people's data for good, but breaking it down at a different level, there's so much talk about skills and what I call capability, but I'm really interested in capacity. You know, what can we do as human beings given the constraints on our lives, constraints of time, constraints of not only elder care, but, you know, taking care of kids, like you were saying, this panini, this, this sandwich. So then it invites the question, you know, what to do about it. So a couple of questions embedded in there. What are some of the, you know, how pervasive is this challenge? And number two, you know, what are some of the ideas and solutions that you're putting forth to, to help workers, to help organizations, you know, deal with this? Yeah, you know, I mean, you mentioned childcare and what an issue and challenge that has been for people over the last, um, you know, number of years, just with the pandemic and schools closing and, how people would keep on working. But what came up the other day, even the statistic that 
there are actually four times the number of people that have left the workforce in the last two years because they're caring for other people, not children. And so, and this is the part that's kind of hidden. I mean, the there's a Harvard business study that's called The Caring Company that just talks about, um, you know, there's this disconnect and this is really hidden between the what the employers think is happening and what is actually happening in people's lives at home. Elizabeth, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, it really is, it is a silent, it, it's a hidden issue. You know, the, the struggling employee uh, is really not, not apt to share what's actually happening. And, and we see that in the studies and we see that in the numbers, you know, they're not, they don't want to say what's actually going on. And it's like, there's no social file for talking about this. There are social files for, this is the cute thing that, you know, I did over the weekend with my child, but talking about struggles with an older adult, people don't know how to, they don't know how to share it and they don't know how to respond. You know, when you talk about super grateful, I didn't slice my finger off when I, you know, replaced the tennis balls on my dad's walker. People are, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? So there isn't a social file for people to bring this to light. And so they continue to struggle with whatever concerns they have. There's a big range out there, right? Whether it's just minor concerns, you know, mom seems to be forgetting things to, you know, major concerns. My parent needs a lot of care. Yeah. And yet it's a huge issue. I mean, you just get like these, you know, half of people, basically employees, Either they've been there or they're going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so it, like you said, Al, I mean, it is your experience. It was our experience. Almost every HR team I talked to, you know, it's their experience. And we talked to a company the other day with 4,500 employees. And, you know, out of the five HR people on the call, three of them were currently actively helping a parent. And one of them had just completed, you know, that whole experience through end of life. So people are in it. And as you're sharing this, it, it's dawning on me when I look at uh, ESGs, employee support groups, and you know, is this a topic that people are talking about in such groups? I mean, I'll leave that as a question. Are, are you aware? Is this commonplace? Yes. I mean, I think that those, you know, employee support groups, employee resource groups, especially at bigger companies, you're starting to see them, you know, those groups pop up. Um, but it is still an emerging space. Like, I think it's been kind of hidden in the employee assistance programs. Um, and that's where employees have gone for help. But now it's kind of coming into the mainstream because because people can't hide it anymore. You know, it is affecting their capacity to do their deep work. And so they're turning to their employers more. Um, and, you know, and that's one of the things that we do is support, you know, employee resource groups with topics, information, things to get the ball rolling so that they are equipped, you know, to do more of this juggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to bring up this slide in, in a sec, Deb, but I, before we leave this topic, because it, it, it is dawning on me too, that, you know, who do you open up to? You know, mm -hmm. who are you vulnerable I mean, you have work to get done, you know, how do you make your manager or supervisor aware? And, and is it the responsibility of the manager or supervisor him or herself to open the door for mm -hmm. such a conversation to, for 
hey, you know, is there anything going on before a problem happens? You know, can that trust be there? So a worker uh, direct report can say, hey, I have this going on. You know, you need to know it. But people are scared. You know, they don't they want to keep their job. They don't want to make excuses. They don't want to be seen as weak. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a. Uh, yeah, a huge challenge. So yeah, with that, I want to bring up this because I know you want to speak to this, Deb. Yeah, I mean, people more and more are, have experienced it or will experience it. And so this, you know, 42% have already provided care and, you know, at least 50% will be providing some kind of elder care in the future just because of the way our demographics are changing. And so this is just going to become more and more of an issue. And you know, you talked about like just managers and um, their responsibility or role. And part of that is, you know, sensitivity training. It's just how do they recognize when someone is going through this and how can they respond just legally and appropriately and refer them to whatever benefits um, the employer might be offering? You know, and when the managers are not sensitive to this or the HR professionals, then, you know, people, people resign and or they need to take a leave of absence or they're just not fully present. Um, and there is a big impact on people's work. Like six out of 10 caregivers experience at least one change in their employment due to caregiving. 15% um, take a leave of absence. 49% arrive in their place of work late or leave early or take time off. 14% reduce their hours or take a demotion. 7% receive a warning about performance or attendance, 5% turn down a promotion, and this impacts their financial well-being as well. Mm -hmm. So not only are the employees maybe taking on some additional costs to care for an older adult, but they are also, you know, taking, essentially reducing their potential for income uh, because of just their kind of split life, I guess. And managers, you know, can respond and recognize it and point employees to resources that can support them more wholly. I think, Al, you have such a great question, though. Whose responsibility is it? And so, you know, Debbie's speaking to the manager being sensitive to what's going on. But I also do believe that the employee has a responsibility to speak up, um, you know, as as sort of scary as that may be, because there is an element of vulnerability to it. But I think we need change and we need to shine the spotlight on this. And really, at the end of the day, the companies are taking such a hit from employees resigning because they don't have the support that they need. And so really, the employee, the company has everything to gain by hearing the employee and by the employee coming up and saying, yes, this is my struggle and this is what I need. And I don't, I don't want just links. I don't want just a, a soft sort of resource. I need something that is truly impactful to me in this situation. Yeah. I, I really appreciate what you all are saying or what you two are saying. And I'm reflecting on the fact that if I'm looking at workforce planning, for example, and I've had many discussions recently on the top, well, for the past 20 years, I've had discussions, but uh, recently with the great resignation mm -hmm. and the need to formulate retention strategies, the idea that, okay, I need skills, 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 and I need uh, people to do what's being asked of them. And there's kind of a linearity um, 
implicit in this planning. It's like, okay, someone's going to work 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever the case may be. And we're going to throw this work at them. And if they don't get all that work done, then they're a low performer. It has little visibility into the fact that there are unique things happening in that individual's life, those constraints that are sapping their energy, that are sapping their time. And it doesn't mean they don't have the skills and abilities or intention to do the work. It's they have competing responsibilities. And where it makes me sad is number one, people then sacrifice one or the other. They Mm -hmm. sacrifice their work or they sacrifice the quality of their care. Um, in this case, you know, with their elder um, parent or um, and and their kids, or they land in the middle and they're stressed out, and you know, and they're so they're suffering in, in that way. So, yeah, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting chills. Going like, damn, yeah. <laughs> this is right. this is yeah. this is this is really what it is about humanizing the yeah. corporate experience, humanizing the work experience. So then it invites the question, what to do about it. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you all do at Ways and Wayne and, and what are some of the broader things that you would like to see mm-hmm. uh, happen to address this challenge? You know, one thing that I just want to mention that that, you know, really ties into this in this in this conundrum, there is such an opportunity for a company to step up and in the way that they provide support to those employees, build incredible loyalty and i think that it's a, it's a lost opportunity if they're not if they're not able to do that because you remember people that show up for you when you're in crisis right and really not the people that just show up a little bit just send you a, a, an inspiring quote but really show up for you and that builds a relationship with loyalty and retention like nothing else can yeah. You know, I, um, uh, sorry, Deb, I'll, I'll, I, I just want to highlight something. I just got, uh, through Brene Brown's interview with Daniel Pink, uh, the power of regret was the, the topic. And he highlighted that people have more regrets about things that they did not do than they actually did. And just to skip a couple points, I think organizations, if they don't, take action on this, that they're going to regret it because they're going to lose great people. Mm -hmm. They're going to have, if not a a disengaged workforce, they're going to have a suboptimally performing workforce because their capacity is going to be strained for, you know, reasons that, you know, we shared. So yeah, I hope leaders and and managers and others don't have regrets on this. Uh, Deb? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, regrets like the, I'm hoping also that employers don't have regrets and you know, there's so much regret that is involved when an employee is caring for an older adult, right? You can, you can just let your mind go there. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And there's that hair on fire kind of stage, which is called like the health decline cycle. And, um, we can talk about this employee elder care journey. And Elizabeth, you have some good examples of how this has shown up with some of our clients as well. I mean, it starts out with a family concern, right? But then it can quickly change. Right. We see these examples over and over again. And, uh, you know, one that comes to mind is, 
you know, a client who moved her two parents uh, who had been living out of state to be close to her because in anticipation of their increased needs, she knew that was going to be essential. So here she moves both of them, but her father has really pretty advanced dementia and the strain on the care uh, that her mom is providing is significant. This is a situation that is really hanging by a thread. And that's when we were able to step in. And our help for them was uh, able to provide the best in-home care options for them that would step in immediately. And, you know, the great thing about being in a urban area is that there are a lot of choices. The bad thing is that, you know, how do you weed through 50 in-home care agencies? Well, that's where we step in. We can determine through a proprietary screening process what we're going to bring to you as these are your three very best choices. And we're going to coach you through what do you need to ask them and then how do you employ that caregiver. So really very specific, very practical help for this client. Um, very quickly, they needed hospice uh, referrals. Um, so, you know, then it kind of things stay status quo for a while, but then something changed just this week. And the first thing she did was reach out to Ways and Wayne. Can we have mm -hmm. a call tomorrow? Yes. We'll figure this next thing out for you. We'll help you put out this fire. And the peace of mind that that has given her is, it's what we're all about. It's what this mission is, is to be able to so directly impact how she's doing this. And I think absolutely without our help, I'll say she would have had to take the rest of the week off. I have no doubt about it. Who knows about next week, but definitely she's looking at stepping away from her workload. Yeah. I mean, that health decline cycle is just, you know, someone like she was, she was concerned, you know, she had a concern. Oh gosh, this isn't going well for mom and dad. And then all of a sudden a crisis kind of instigates that next thing, like a fall sometimes or another kind of medical emergency the parent can end up in the emergency room. The employee gets to call at work. And then they're moving from that into rehab and then home again and needing increased care. And that keeps happening. And so employees that don't have like support during that health decline cycle, it just keeps impacting um, the work that they're able to do. Yeah. I'm, so is this emerging as an employee benefit and how many organizations are actually offering this benefit? Yeah. I mean, like I was mentioning, it's really coming out of the employee assistance program. And a lot of corporations think, okay, I've checked that box because there's a benefit there. Um, and now they're realizing, you know, I do need to offer it as a mainstream benefit because our population is aging. And, you know, if we look at those numbers, it, in the coming years, we are going from kind of a bell-shaped um, curve to where the number of newborns is going to be the same as the people who are over 85. And there are 10,000 people turning 65 every day. So like we offer elder care support navigation as an employee benefit. And, um, and so more and more companies are adopting that, especially companies, you know, some companies think, oh, well, we have mostly a young workforce, but you would believe, I mean, 25% of millennials are caring for an older adult. And so this just shows this shift in population as well. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just thinking if 
if an organization offers this benefit um, and my parent uh, has no insurance or, or limited insurance, you know, I might, uh, how does that, how does that get addressed? I mean, my, and there's a reason for the question is, you know, is this insurance, is this, um, something that can help address an underfunded, mm-hmm. uh, need? I mean, can you explain that, that those intricacies? Cause I, you know, if I'm listening, I'm like, Hey, this is great. If, you know, everything's buttoned up and all the requisite insurances are in place. But if there's a gap, you know, how does that get feel? Do you help uh, find solutions in those cases? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have a very specific strategy in place for uh, how to pay for care. Because that is one of the primary concerns, really. You know, families might be in a place where, or working individuals where they are okay financially, but their parent is in an entirely different situation Mm -hmm. between, um, you know, lack of income, lack of savings, lack of assets, lack of, you know, insurance being underinsured potentially. And so really our strategy in a situation like that is it's one of the best ways we can help because we can come in from every angle and have a very specific process where there is really no, no stone unturned. Mm. We can look this, we can take this angle, we can take this angle. And we oftentimes look at all of those things at once to make sure that we're not missing any opportunities and can really help them move forward with accessing whatever funding they can qualify for. And that could be like VA benefits, or that could be for, you know, limited resources. How do you apply for Medicaid? And what's the difference between Medicaid and Medicare? And are you really utilizing all the things that Medicare will cover? Mm-hmm. Right. It's um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how many people right now can use your services that I know in my immediate network that that are um, you know, dealing with this or it's it's forth forthcoming um, or they just dealt with it because their parent passed um, but had struggled through that you know process. So you know, for I applaud you uh, on addressing what is not only a prominent need, but an increasingly prominent need. So yeah, as you expand your offerings, I mean, how are you, other than doing the show today with me, how are you elevating, you know, awareness? Are you working with partners? Are you working directly with uh, companies, individuals? You know, what does that look like? Yeah, mostly with companies. So working with HR departments, kind of educating them on like, what is your caregiving benefit strategy? You know, what are those building blocks that you have in place? And do you have a caregiving benefit strategy? You know, because like, okay, you might have leave of absence, um, compliance and administration because you have to legally have that. But what else do you need to add? So do you have a child care benefit? Do you have a chronic care benefit? Do you have an elder care benefit along with your leave of absence? And kind of helping HR teams vision out their caregiving benefit strategy. And then we work with a partner um, when in the leave of absence administration space, um, just serving their employee companies. So we're constantly, um, you know, just working or with HR associations, trying to educate HR teams about, uh, you know, how they can just care well and let their employees work well. Wow. It's um 
what's the receptivity like thus far? Are you, I can't imagine you're having trouble having these conversations. No, you know, it's, I think people are like surprised. Like I get a lot of, even from brokers actually, you know, talking to Deloitte or, you know, big brokers and they're like, you know, this is actually, I can't, I can't believe this is just coming on my radar. We're just learning about this. And yet they're doing these RFPs for these, you know, 7,000 person employers that have like an older um, workforce, you know, and when I say older, I mean, just over 35 even. <laughs> and Deloitte is going, you know what, this is, this is a benefit you absolutely need to offer this year. And so it's just coming up more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that, that you touched on, Al, is, you know, when you think about who's around you and how they're struggling, it goes back to that employee speaking up and not struggling alone. And one recent client said to us, she and her sisters have struggled for a year trying to find care for their mom, who is, um, you know, really in that place where they are underinsured and really, um, financially uh, needy. She said what we've been able to do in a month for her has been way more than she and her sister struggled through for a year. And I think it's key that people reach out. You know, if you, if your shoe needs to be repaired, you're not like, well, let me just go find a, a piece of a tire. I can do this myself. I can figure this out. Like, why do you in this critically important time, not reach out to professionals who are skilled and can support you in this? And maybe it's because like Elizabeth, you said to me the other day, it's like the, the noise from your heart is so loud that it just distracts your mind. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. yeah I, yeah, it is absolutely true. And uh, I am pausing right now because I wanted to share uh, visually here the journal diary uh, that you sent me, uh, which is just opening it up and reading through it, it just organized my thoughts. And again, there are blind spots and things that I didn't even think about. So shame on me because it's in the other room and I can't run and get it. This probably has one. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Al. All right. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, and so can you speak to, okay, uh, uh, you're in a benefit. Um, I, my organization has elder care benefit. They're engaged with Ways and Wayne. What, uh, what's their experience? I, they get the journal, they get the diary. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah. And actually, so there's kind of a three-pronged approach here. Um, and the first one is really a digital platform. And um, the Go Kit that you just mentioned actually is one of the prongs that carries someone all the way through, like a family concern through this health decline cycle, you know, through end of life. And it just helps to organize your thoughts. And like the second one is our digital platform, which is the digital care advisor. And it's utilized really at that family concern stage when you have the time, you're looking forward and planning. So Al, you're kind of on the verge right in between these two, um, family concern and the health decline cycle, I think. Uh, and it will walk you through step-by-step step, kind of like doing your taxes online in little bite-sized pieces to make sure you're considering all the things that you should be. And then the last piece is our personal care advisors that will just get on the phone with you, handle whatever you need when you don't have the time to do it yourself. And Elizabeth, you have one of those go kits, right? The medical document planner. I do. And the idea really about this is that it is what you grab 
when you get a call that dad is in the ER, or it's also what you take with you to a doctor's appointment. It's really based on um, me making the best of 20 years of advocating for a loved one in a hospital setting. So there are suggested questions to ask because you know that when the doctor walks in the room, everybody forgets what they wanted to ask. Um, it is something that we've gotten feedback on that has been so positive. One of our uh, client's parents said, do you have the book? You've got the book, right? Because they're on the way to the doctor and he wants to know that they have everything that they need. So it's really A through Z and the go kit because you're running out the door and this is everything that you need. Yeah, show an inside spread because I think that just like even when you're going to the doctor and we had one of our clients that was using this and she would record like all of her mom's vitals when they went to the doctor. And mm -hmm. then when she was in a hospital situation where she had fallen and they were saying, oh, your mom has high blood pressure. She should be on high blood pressure blood pressure medication. Well, all of a sudden she says, no, actually she doesn't look at the history that I have here. So it allows for employees to be like really strong medical advocates for the people that they love. Yeah. Absolutely right. love it. Absolutely love it. Well, you two are awesome. You're awesome friends. You're awesome people. You're awesome professionals for bringing this to the world. And uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And we're going to have to continue the discussion, you know, over the coming weeks and months, because obviously it's not going away. This is this is something that we're all going to be dealing with and in our society. If I might just add a little commentary, we don't do it well. We don't do it socially, uh, uh, governmentally, and hopefully there will be improvements in that facets as well. But it, it's just something that workers are always going to have to deal with. So thank you for addressing it so thoughtfully and clearly. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. you well. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. Any closing comments or, or ways they can learn more about Ways and Wayne? Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to say that like companies who care for the people that employees care about are really going to be the winners in terms of like keeping and recruiting talent because they're allowing people to show up and support them as their whole selves. Mm -hmm. And um, we have, you know, infographics and stats that we can share if you are an HR professional that you're wanting to, you know, add this to your company benefit strategy, or, you know, if you want a demo, um, you can reach out to me at Debbie at Ways and Wayne. And it's ways to navigate, a, a calmly navigate a waning phase of life. So that's what's behind that name. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, again, Elizabeth, closing comments? Just really glad um, to have the opportunity to help shine the spotlight on this and want to encourage caregivers. You are not, you are not celebrated enough. And when I say caregivers, I mean the working person who's even just concerned. So um, it, I just want to celebrate all the people out there who are caring well for an older adult and thinking ahead to what's next for them. Again, super appreciate you both. So thank you. Well, you be well and uh, hope to see you in person uh, very Thanks soon. So much. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.